But we got great players that have proven that they can play and play well in this league. And for some for some reason right now, it's just not all clicking. And we gotta we gotta figure that out. And I think leading and just instilling confidence in those guys, but also, like I said, that sense of urgency of it's not all right. All right, we're getting to the point where it's not okay. Like it's, I get it. And I'm gonna miss some throws, and you guys. Hold me accountable. I'm not gonna. There's gonna be plays that I want back. There's, you know, three or four today that I want back where I didn't do my job, and I'm, I expect the coaches to hold me accountable, and they will. And I'm gonna hold the wideouts, the tight ends, the running backs, the O line accountable as well for stuff that you know they're not doing the best in their job. So we all, no one can get their feelings hurt, and we don't have guys that do, but we all have to have that accountability, and I think that's the biggest thing. And we all have to lead in that way of taking accountability for what we're doing. Definitely an accountability day for the Jaguars. Welcome into Jags AM. I'm Kainani Stevens. Brian Sexton, John Osier with us. And I don't think any of us expected what we saw against the Texans uh, on Sunday. Uh, expectations. We got to just get rid of that because this team is somewhere we didn't expect them to be. I was walking in my car last night and I just kind of flippantly said to somebody, and, and I realized it's true. If you had taken me, uh, if you had just gotten back from the future, right? Mm -hmm gotten out of uh, Marty McFly's DeLorean and told me, hey, I've been there. You know, the Jaguars lose this game and they lose by 20 points. I wouldn't have believed you. There's no way you could have told me that a team coming off a bad week of practice and a loss to the Super Bowl champs against a Houston Texans team that was playing with a rookie quarterback and without key players in key positions would not only win, but beat the Jaguars as thoroughly as they did. I wouldn't have been able to believe you. And John, it was every facet of the game as well. It wasn't, you know, before we're bang, dragging on the offense, but it was everybody yesterday. Yeah, it was, it was uh, stunningly everybody. Um, I spent last night answering emails, trying to figure out how to explain it. Really can't, uh, you know, it, it felt to me it, 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 that they played with a lot of energy early, like, I, I mean, very early. And then when Calvin Ridley had the drop, tough catch, but you know a guy who's brought here to make that play, and then the field goal, and then it went the other way. It was almost like they were stunned for 25 minutes of game time, and then you had the weird uh, kickoff return. They were getting back into it. I, I, I thought Doug after the game was clearly sort of angry and maybe a little at a loss for what had happened. I'm not saying a loss, he can't figure it out, but sure. a little stunned. And I think anybody would have been. No, and, and I'm going to start questioning some mental toughness, right? I mean, it feels, and I asked Doug this at the end of the news conference, that gets between the ears here, right? You could see that when they were in the huddle or at the line of scrimmage, there was something missing. And I know I was, you know, nebulous last week trying to put my finger on it. But I really, I'm going to, I think it's time to start questioning. And I got the sense yesterday that both Trevor and Doug are, are questioning everyone around them and their mental toughness. Um, and, and Trevor even said of himself. So, I mean, if, if it's a matter of, the, of confidence, come on. They should have enough of that. How did they go from a team who figured out a way to win at the end of last year, right? So many games where they just figured it out to a team that all of a sudden doesn't believe they can do it. I don't know. I, 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 think, that's, I think it's a good question that's going to be asked all week long. And it should, it's a fair question to ask as well. Let's start off with our big things today. Cold start. We've been talking a lot about a fast start, but as we mentioned, that drop from Calvin Ridley, and things started to spiral after that. Doug tried to figure out what went wrong, and he talked about it post-game. You're seeing, you're seeing, you know, the drops. You're seeing the, um, the turnovers. You're seeing uh, penalties. Um, 
untimely penalties, you're seeing flashes of, you know, excellence and brilliance and then, then a setback. And it's just the consistency that we need needs to improve. And um, it's not there right now. You know, we got to continue to work and continue to get better. Um, and, uh, you know, figure, uh, figure some things out. All credit to the Texans for taking advantage, but the Jaguars gave a lot of that to them. And it's got to be extra frustrating when you know you're the ones making the mistakes and, and giving away points and, and victories at well, this point. Well, yeah, just, I mean, the drop is, John, you said, I mean, he was brought here to make that catch. And, and that's a, a catch that an $11 million receiver with aspirations of being a $20 million receiver in the future. Th those guys make that catch. And then, and then how about, here's one that people I think have forgotten. How about on third and short near midfield on the Jaguars' second drive, where you have Travis and or Travis, Travis and Trevor colliding in the backfield? I tripped I mean, him up. Yeah. I mean, you have a chance to get a first down here and keep the momentum going. And when does that happen? I mean, just it made almost no sense, and it just kept going and spiraling out of control. It, it, the strange, and it takes a while to get to this stat, but against Kansas City last week, five times past the fifty in the first half, six points. Yesterday, four times past the 50 in the first half and no points. Um, you had the fumble at the end of the half, the sheriff hands to the face that took away the fourth down when you felt like they were getting back into it. They were in scoring position. There. Two field goal, you know, you don't get those six points early on the field goal attempts. And guess what? If you have those, when the kick return goes the other way, it's yeah. an eight-point game instead of 14. Right. It, it, all those things matter, and to not get points – I think Trevor said it. They didn't have a three and out. So the offense didn't feel like it couldn't do anything. It was just when it would get going, all of a sudden, you know, mistake here. And it, weird, but you can talk about them each individually. But then the reality is you got to look at it as a trend because it's happening every week. Yeah, it is. And for me, this week, I think special teams surprised me a lot for, you know, missed kick, blocked kick the fullback return, which we'll get to in the second block, and ridiculous. I don't wow. even have words for that still. But I think just to see mistakes where we haven't seen them before, it's, it's building on itself in the wrong direction. Well, you kept waiting. I know I did. I kept waiting for somebody to put their foot down and something to change, right? Because that's what we had seen from this team. And, of course, Evan Ingram said in the locker room after the game, you know, we're not the same team. We can't just assume that we're going to be the same team. Okay, well, they proved that yesterday. Now they're not the same team that they were when last season ended. Um, and, and I, you know, if I'm sitting here questioning it and saying, why couldn't they turn things around? If they're doing that, two totally different things, that's an issue. Well, I think you did have a foot-down moment at the start of the second half. Sure. And then the kickoff, it's, it's <laughs> funny. It's going to go down. It's going to be one of those plays that get replayed. I understood that maybe even a little more than the two misses in the first half because it was one of those weird plays where all of a sudden the ball's on the ground and then everybody sort of collapses yeah. and he just popped outside and it became a numbers thing. It, 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 was, it was not good, but it was kind of one of those fluky things where you're like, okay, that, it was a break that went against him, I thought, more than, you know. But that it went against them on a day where everything was going Yeah, I mean, them. it. They couldn't get momentum back. The blocked kicks and the missed kicks in the first half, uh, my guess is that bothers them more yeah. than the return did. I, I talked to him about that, but that would be my guess. I think that kick return was just timing, which was really tough oh, on that. Oh, I got punched. 
Um, big thing number two for us is the trenches. We talked last week about the offensive line being a concern for this team, but the defensive line struggled yesterday as well. And Doug talked about how you got to fix things on the line. We have to do better. We have to do better. Starts up front. Starts with the offensive line on offense. Starts with the defensive line on defense. It starts right there. Again, I'm going to say this again. We need to coach better. We need to play better. We need to execute better. Um, whether we are reading our press clippings, um, we need to get out of our own way right now. Uh, we need to evaluate um, ourselves, beginning with me. And um, we got to figure out how to win a game. These are hard look in the mirror moments. Doug mentioned both lines, offensive and defensive line, and you feel like it's affecting people around the lines as well. Like Trevor doesn't necessarily look totally comfortable in the pocket. The defense is not in, in the same place as the cornerbacks trying to deal with the line. It's just, I don't know if I have the words right now. They had a backup <laughs> left tackle. Trying to figure it out as I talk, but I'm just. They had a backup left tackle, a backup left guard, a backup center and their number two right tackle in the game, and the Jaguars couldn't get enough pressure, right? The pass rush, yeah. Flip side, right? Uh, they were playing with a, that is an average group. No longer are those the J.J. Watt Texans that dominate the line of scrimmage. That's not a powerful group. And I kept thinking, as I looked all week long last week, here's where the Jaguars win this ball game, John. They're going to win it up front, mm -hmm. which will give Trevor time to be able to calm down and get the passing offense into some sort of a rhythm, and the defense should be able to create turnovers because I thought yesterday they would win up front. That's where I sit here this morning and go, okay, who is this team? Yeah. Because that's not the team I expected to see on the lines. Yeah, and that's what made it so odd to try to analyze because they had, they had some runs stopped. For the most part, they ran with power i thought the jaguars did and that felt early on like they were enforcing their will at times usually that turns into a game long with time and then he had time and then they would have moments where they would have three first downs in a drive etn would run well and then it and then the drive dies at the 35. so it was this weird Probably when you go back and look at film, there will be a bunch of plays where they go, okay, good stuff. And then at the end of the film session, they're like, why didn't we win? Right. You, you know, so uh, some games are very easy to figure out. This one was, a, again, I felt like I was copy and pasting from the week before because I just wrote missed opportunities and mistakes. And that's what this team is right now for the last two weeks. Well, and it's worth noting, you're playing without maybe your best offensive lineman in Cam Robinson. Okay, He wasn't playing that well in August, but... He is a highly paid left tackle and a guy who's played at a high level before. And on defense, you're playing without Devon Hamilton, who they just paid because of what he is able to do. So both those guys are sitting. I guess if you're looking for some ray of sunshine here in the opening of the show, it's that next week we can talk about how you can make some changes to the offensive line. You can get Cam back. You can move Walker inside. You can put Tyler Shatley in at center if he's ready to go physically. I, I, I think center is a problem for them right now. I think Luke Fortner is going backwards more often than he's going forwards. And that's troubling for a guy that you expected to take a step forward this year after starting all 19 games last year. At least you can talk before Buffalo about moving some guys and improving normally at this time of the year john help is not on the way i mean you don't right. have a lot of options there's not someone on the street that's going to come in and save you but the jaguars do with cam robinson coming back in a week 
Yeah, the offensive line is a little bit more of a thought for me. Than de- defense wasn't good yesterday. The defensive line wasn't good yesterday. They weren't bad the first two games, though. No. So I, it, um, I, don't, I doubt that they're ready to sort of throw in the towel and huge trade time. Uh, I think it fed the narrative people had in the offseason that it's a bad defensive line, but it didn't play that way the first two weeks. So let's see the next week or so uh, how it goes. Uh, the offensive line so far has been, uh, I thought it'd be better. Yeah, I did. Our third big thing today is what was that? Because as we mentioned some of them already, there's more than a few plays in this game that just you know had you scratching your head. For me, a lot of them were the penalties and some of the special teams as well. But Trevor talked a little bit about what went wrong in that game on Sunday. You never want that to be the case. And uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'll say this, like, it doesn't matter who you play, when you play, where you play. If you don't execute and you do stuff like that, you won't win a game. You won't beat anybody. And the way we played today, it's like we just can't expect to win playing that way. And there just has to be, there has to be some give. There has to be a sense of urgency. There's an, it's just it's not okay to make the same mistakes that we've been making to do to have the dumb penalties to have the the bad plays to throw a pick you know on, late in the game like I did just to do stuff like that it's like it's not all right you know we all have to look in the mirror take accountability you know take that and own it and, and move on mistakes are fine repeated mistakes are the problem here and we're seeing you know Penalties, Ridley at the line making penalties, the offensive line making penalties, as Trevor mentioned, throwing a pick when he shouldn't have been throwing that ball. How about Brandon McManus missing, I mean, a field goal that was well within his range. And And he's brought in for his, you know, he's a veteran kicker, that was the point. (sighs) Right? And Kyle, he missed it wide. It was never going to go in. That's when I turned to someone and I went, oh boy, this thing is going out of, you know, control. Uh, I was talking to Marcus Stroud, the three-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle. He's like, how does he miss that? Right? That's when I knew this thing is still not in, in, in the right rhythm. It's not in the right groove. Something's wrong. Yeah, it, it, again, I go back to that first drive, and it was almost, to me, maybe, I hate psychoanalyzing a team like this because things happen during the game that we can't see. But you come out and you have all this energy. You get a, a good stop defensively early, and then you have a play where the quarterback puts it right where you had to put it yep. with your big time playmaker there on the goal line. If he catches that, that's all over the highlight shows, right? That's what the sports center play uh, for Ridley. Doesn't get it, misses that, and then all of a sudden, to me there's a feeling, well, we gave it our best shot. <laughs> and that shouldn't be that feeling at that point. But that was a feeling he had. As soon as the Texans went down and scored, you said, uh-oh, seven nothing feels like a big deficit. Yep. It shouldn't feel like that big of a deficit against that team yesterday. Well, here's why we're left to psychoanalyze. Because they had a bad week of practice by their own admission before the world champs came in at the home opener and lost. Then, by all accounts, they had a good week of practice getting ready for a Texans team that we've just illustrated. It's new, it's young, and it's injured. And they lost. I'd explain it, right? I mean, how do you explain some of those plays? And that's why we're left to say... Hey, what's going on up here? We're going to do our best to do just that. We'll be back after the break to go over the tape of what went down on Sunday. (laughs) 
Move the freight, move the freight. Magellan Transport voted the coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at www.magellanlogistics.com. Last year's gone, last year's done. It was, it was a great, great season. It was a great ending, great run that we went on. But we want to, one, we want to accomplish more. We feel like there's a lot more for us. And two, this is a different team. This is a different season. It obviously hasn't started the way we wanted. And I think that's one thing is we can't expect to, we can't expect the ball to just bounce our way every game. We can't put ourselves in 17 point holes and expect that we're just gonna figure it out. Cause it's, it's hard in this league and you're not gonna be able to do it every week. And of course that we believe it. And halftime, you know, we're in there 17 nothing and we got no doubt we're gonna go win this game. We're gonna find a way and we started off good and then ended up obviously not playing well, but it's just, it's not feasible to do that every week. And we gotta, we can't wait until our back's against the wall to make a play. Welcome back to Jags AM. Trevor addressing something Evan Ingram said in the locker room, um, which was, this, is, this ain't last year. We're, don't bring that up again. This is not that team. And I think after what we saw on Sunday, that's pretty clear. Yes. All right, we're going to go over the video now. So we'll start off with that Ridley drop in early on in the game. And it was, it really did, John, I know you've said it a couple times at this point, but just why was there so much focus on just trying to, get out that early and then when it didn't work out that one possession it was like things just went off after that well why I wish I knew but that's what it felt like he had a bad week offensively the week before three field goals he hadn't scored so again it felt like it was almost okay let's put that behind us and then when you didn't put it behind you uh, you sort of compounded it by giving up a quick drive so now you're seven nothing I always go back, I never played baseball at a high level, but when you're in the World Series and you're down two games none, everybody's trying to hit a home run. Sure. And swinging for the fence. That's what it has felt like a little bit. Maybe they would say they weren't pressing. They pressed the week before, and it felt after that, it was the same game in the first half. Yeah. So I would sort of assume that some of the things, that some of the same things were going on in terms of, of that pressing. That's what it sure looked like after the Ridley play in the first half. Well, since I'm doing my best Frazier Crane impression these days and trying to psychoanalyze this team, I do believe that if he catches that ball and they score and go up 7 nothing on their first drive... Totally different tone. Totally different game, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, that, that right there was the moment that I went uh-oh, and I think it's the moment they went uh-oh, and they couldn't turn it around. Because I don't we, disagree with you, but in the 1940 NFL championship game, this was uh, when I was born, Kai, not you. Okay. Uh, the Bears won 73 nothing. Sammy Baugh throws a pass early. He was a quarterback of Washington at the yeah. time. Throws a pass early, gets lost in the sun. I think it was Cliff Battles drops it. They asked Sammy Baugh afterwards, would the game have been different? He goes, yeah, it would have been 73-7. Oh. <laughs> well, right, okay. But that's, that's a little bit different than this scenario. But I, way to stick it to the people who are watching who might be Broncos fans today. That's well, the highest scoring game in NFL history. Broncos fans, they know, they're familiar with McManus who had some issues in Denver and we was brought in here as a veteran kicker, but he had some issues on Sunday. He missed that field goal after the Ridley drop and then he had his other field goal attempt blocked. And I think for, Doug talked a lot about bringing that veteran presence, the point of it being so that you don't feel you have to go for it on fourth down. You're not, you can rely on the special teams and it's not a great way to start. I didn't think that the lack of confidence or the yips, if you want to use a yeah. golf reference, extended to special teams. I figured three nothing or yeah, three nothing at that point. All right, got some points. Let's go. Uh, I do think, John, you mentioned that they've been in the Chiefs and 
um, Texans territory, what, nine times and have six points to show for it? Well, that's in the first half. First half of the I, last I, I didn't games. want to count the second half because I was, I was <laughs> okay, so how can, how can this offense, you know, knowing what's there from a talent standpoint, how, how can they cross midfield and have any confidence right now? They, they, they need something good to happen. This being one of them, if they could have gotten this field goal, and obviously that's not McManus's fault that it got blocked, uh, but it was his fault that he missed that first one and, and didn't help his team. We do want to talk about that one chance. Well, their first score of the game was set up by a PI penalty because we thought it was going to continue to go that way because uh, Calvin wasn't able to cup up with that ball in the end zone. There was pass interference yep. on that call, and then it ended up being a one-yard run-in from there, but it almost felt like that was going to happen again because – Penalties can bail you out at times, and that's what that was. And fortunately, they were able to get a score out of that, but then it, they just couldn't build off of it. it. It wasn't a drive where you felt like you you earned it and you built off of it. It was kind of like, oh, well, we, we got points, but we don't have any confidence coming off of that. Well, I, was, I think a lot of people were probably thinking about that Chargers wildcard game when the Jags trailed 27-7 to at the end of the half. And I was interested, anxious to see how they would come out and answer. And I was not surprised they went down the field and got that touchdown with the help of the penalty. Uh, I thought Doug had those guys, you know, ready to come out. You know, they, they scored 10 quick points. Yep. Right? Um, but then another phase of the game lets them down, whether it was defense or special teams. You know, Christian Kirk gets his touchdown, and then they give up the Tank Dell touchdown. I mean, just mm -hmm. every time it seemed like something good was going to happen, something bad happened. Yeah, it would have been interesting, you know, and if, 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 had they not given up that kickoff return yeah the defense had played okay on that first drive of the second half there was a drop that gave him the first down but you get off the field um it felt frankly a lot like the four or five games at the end of last season around here where they came back and you're standing in the locker room saying well you know it i don't know that even with a win it had been a great feeling because there was so much that had gone weird but it felt like one of those games but i think i think trevor said it best when you're down 17, the problem is one thing goes against you, yeah. and now you're back down in the hole. You, you give yourself no margin for error. And I, I wrote and thought a lot at, after last season about this team needed to get out of those situations where they had no margin for error because you can only live on that ledge so long. And right now they're on the wrong end of the ledge, if you will. You said it more than once yesterday, yeah. they got to get out of their own way. Let's talk about that kick because that was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. The ball bounces around, fullback gets it in his hands, and then a 255-pound fullback. Are you kidding me, John? Is that just something where, when that goes wrong, right, right there, when they just see the ball on the ground, does everybody, is it discipline? Do you need to stay where you are, or is it just like probably everybody... discipline? Okay. and it's hard. I, I, I think I, I did not talk to Heath Fall after the game about it, but uh, your instinct, I would think, as a player, takes over when the ball's on the ground. Hey, everybody, go get the ball. Yeah. And then he picks it up, and he's he's sort of around one guy, and everybody else has bad angles. You then had the kicker trying to be a, a little bit the last line of defense. Probably didn't take a great angle, and but when off, you're depending yeah. on the kicker, at that it's not good. At that point, you're in trouble. And then, and then Ernest, I mean, I can't quite catch. I think it was a bunch of little circumstances conspiring to create a really weird play. Uh, again, as I said earlier, I, I sort of get why it happens because. You have the fumble, and that sort of takes everybody here, and then he bounces out here. I texted, <laughs> I texted with a, a, a former Jaguars special teams coordinator 
who's a buddy of mine last night. We were going back and forth, and I asked him if he had watched the play, mm -hmm. and he said, yeah, tough deal. You know, lost containment on the outside. There's two guys who are supposed to be responsible for that. But so many guys, you know, ran and, and went after the ball, and you see Jacob Harris just out of control run right by. He could have broken down and made the tackle, and he ran right by uh, the, the, the return man. Just, I mean, what? Now you see him retrace his steps, but it, he's too far behind at that point. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a, a momentary lapse of reason, right. right? Everybody saw that ball hit the ground. It was like blank, yep. go get it. But you're sort of coached from the time you're five years old, ball out, ball out, and then you're going after it. Well, so it, it's... But some guys are coached to go and, yeah. and maintain discipline. Stay where you are. And no stay where what. you are. It's called containment. And the coach I was texting with last night said, tough deal. I, you know, that's going to be a hard one for Heath to explain, but it's easy to see what happened. We'll go on to that after to Christian Kirk's touchdown, because at this point, all right, you're like, all right, we are running out of time. They got to do something. They go down the field, old standby, Trevor to Kirk, get a touchdown. Uh, I can't remember the score at this point, but 27 -17. it was 27, 17, you were then 10 again. It, it's, it's within reach again. And with 10 minutes left to play, with 10 minutes left to play, well, within reach with if you're going to be hustle after that yeah. and then to immediately after this, give you a give yourself a little bit of hope and then immediately switch over to the Tank Dell touchdown after that. It was, it was a tough sequence there. Um, well, at this point, again, John was talking earlier about, you kind of feel like it's, you know, last year's Jaguars, uh, you know, the, the Texans all of a sudden have showing some vulnerabilities in the secondary that's missing a couple of key players mm -hmm. and you feel good about it. And then here on third down, Tank Dell is wide open. I, it <sighs> looked to me like Darius Williams made the wrong move. I mean, Trey Herndon was in that. One of those two guys blew the coverage, and Tank Dell, it couldn't get any easier. The rookie must just think that this NFL game is easy because yesterday Toss was easy catch, for him. For sure. When you look at when you look at this, it's is it mental lapses here as well, or is it just was that a coverage scheme? Well, that's look. I mean, it could be both, but that's where you start second guessing and trying to make a play, or you're not paying attention. Uh, because you're so focused on it's third and three, right? Yeah. That's where the anxiety factor comes in. Okay. And guys, you know, they longtime coaches believe that if you have guys who get anxious in key moments, they can't function at a high level. Mm -hmm. So here you've got some anxiety on the part of one of those two players, perhaps, mm -hmm. and and they melt down and forget their responsibility and both go after the guy in the flat. And Tank Dell runs by himself, and then that's Tank Dell who beat you for 48 yards in the first half. You would think you would somebody would look and say. Hey, I got him. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, it seemed more communication than anything. Um, okay. <laughs> Guess we don't. Really, yeah, we don't, don't have answers. They're not communicating because they're not thinking as clearly as you'd like them to. All right, stay with us here on Jagzam. Coming up, we got some hot takes, and they may be a little bit hotter than usual this week. So we'll see you after the break. Sign up your furry friend for Jaguar's official four-legged fan club for pets. Presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital, your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, and sweepstakes throughout the 2023 season. Visit jaguars.com slash promotions slash four-legged fan club to sign up today. You know, I think that's, I think that's real. I do. Uh, I think that's real. Um, and, and, you know, you know I, I've been around this game too long to know that you can't, can't live in the past. Or you're gonna you're gonna fail in the future, and um, you know we just got to focus one day at a time. We got to get better each day, and um, can't worry about next week or the week after. Can't worry about the London trip coming up. We can't, you know, we just got to focus in on 
on the week at hand. And, and um, you know, that, that, that part of it starts with me and making sure that the guys are, um, you know, hearing that message, you know, loud and clear from me. And, and um, I'll make sure that they, they get that message. Cannot rely on the past, and last year's team is not this year's team. Welcome back to Jags AM in the Hyundai Studios, presented by Car Shield today. We're gonna get to our hot takes because things are not where we expected them to be. So, Brian, what, what's your hot take? Well, for I'm us gonna today? go back to the past because okay. it looks to me like this team is relying offensively way too much on Calvin Ridley, and I would like to see them go back to what was working for them last year, which was Christian Kirk. Evan Ingram, I know Zay Jones is injured. He could be back this week, likely against the Bills. Put Calvin Ridley, if you have to, into Zay Jones' role. But it just my sense is they are forcing the ball to him. He's their $11 million guy. He's that, that game-breaking guy. It didn't work, and he had a, a tremendous first half against the Colts. And then since then, it's been disappointing. And maybe he's not ready for it yet. And maybe we're all just assuming, well, he was so good in training camp and so good in the preseason that he'll just jump right into it. Maybe he needs more time to be ready to go after being off for more than a year and a half. I say, put him on the side, right? Make him your second or third option, not your first, and take the offense back to where Trevor was clearly comfortable last year and everything seemed to work better. It just feels to me like they're forcing that issue because they've got him and that if you want to get this offense, which right now you could call jumpy, skittish, discombobulated, choose your adjective. Calm everything down. Do what you know works. To me, that's Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and Zay Jones. Yeah, it's funny. I, I thought they maybe tried to calm it down a little bit. Like I said earlier, the way they were running yeah. is usually the formula for getting things calm. And that's what was sort of weird. I went back and watched the game this morning, and, and it was a weird imbalance of that where, hey, we could run they, six, seven yards on first down, and usually that's where you're, hey, hey get things going. I agree. I, with Calvin, I, I don't know if it's as much rust as much as just this incredible desire to do it, right? It, which maybe that's rust. I don't know. Um, but I think he wants so much to excel and so much to succeed uh, and, and feels like he can. And you just, you know, uh, but I don't, I don't disagree. Something along the lines of getting the Christian back to where he's sort of the guy uh, maybe an element of that. Well, take what worked for you and add to it as opposed to redefine it with Calvin, which is what it feels like they have done because we know what these other guys are capable of doing. And again, I, I don't know whether it's rust or not either, but it does feel sure. like Calvin wants to score on every single play. And that's just, that's not the way this offense works. And I do agree. The running game should normally bring everything back down to earth a little bit, but this is a pass first team. Sure. So from a passing perspective, I think Kirk and Ingram are the way to go. And it's about setting the offense up to be successful and Calvin up to be successful because he is that deep threat. He's drop, dropping balls for some of these catches, but he's always double covered. So somebody else has to be open at yeah. this point. And yes, we do expect more from him because we know he's physically able to make crazy catches in that situation, but he should be more wide open when we're throwing to him, especially when he's in a new offense like Trevor and those guys have been here. Calvin has not. So, yes, we know he can do crazy things, but this is, you know, a couple games into a new regime. And then there's also the added value of the offensive line is not giving him time. Uh, and there was Christian Kirk wide open, right, on a third down in the third quarter, and he didn't have time to deliver it because Sheldon Rankins was bearing down on him. So Kurt Hinnish was in his face. Who? Kurt Hinnish looked like Howie Long yesterday. Oh, there's lots of things going on. Hinnish's mom's going to call you now. She can. John, what's your hot take for us um, this week? 
you don't want to turn ugh, which was, was yes. what Sunday is, into uh-oh. And uh, it, it's a little worrisome. Week three is starting to get to that point in the season where, where teams have game-planned you. It, it can be sort of what it is coming up. And this felt like a game in a lot of ways where it was a wheels-off game. I don't think that's what that is for this team. Um, I believe, particularly because of Doug Peterson, he has been so good in his career that even when teams go through a bad stretch, think about Philly. I mean, his last two playoff appearances in Philly, they fought and scratched and clawed their way through the NFC East and made the playoffs. Last year, very similar. He knows how to coach in this situation where things are sort of going squirrely. And I think there's too much, I hate saying this, too much talent for that to happen. But uh, it is a game that felt like if things go off the rails, you look back and go, okay, there it was. Right. Uh, I don't think that's what it was, but they have to really focus now to not have that be that game. Hey, look, you can go and find championship caliber teams. Tom Coughlin's first Giants mm -hmm. Super Bowl team, where there was an infighting and things weren't feeling good and they turned it around, made the playoffs as a wild card and won the Super Bowl. Great teams have had difficult moments like this. We have yet to see whether that will happen here, but you have faith in Doug Peterson because he's been here before, mm -hmm. that he can get this thing turned around, and faith in the quarterback because you know what he's capable of doing. It's just, I think people are anxious about it because like I, I thought this was supposed to be different. We all thought this was supposed oh, to be different. It's fair to be anxious. Yeah. I mean, I did, well, Doug it, said it yesterday. There's gonna be criticism and it's fair. Sometimes, you know, the triumph is on the other side of the adversity. Sure. And, and hopefully that's the case here, is that we look back at this and go, do you remember when we thought this thing was coming apart and the wheels were falling off and they turned it around? We'll see. For me, this is when culture comes into key, right? Culture and character. You talk about culture, it's easy to have culture when you're winning and things are on the upside, but when, you know, things get hard, you're going to see the true character of people. And I think we all have faith about this building. The culture is real, and I think they will be able to turn it around, but it's very telling if they can't because yeah. you think you're building a good culture and things don't go the way you want, and then, oh, maybe I don't have the same kind of culture or character as I did beforehand, so that will be a big deal. My hot take is about the physicality of this football team. I don't think they've been tough enough, and I think that goes mentally and physically, but physically, I just want to see them hit some people, right? Travis Etienne and Tank are probably the only people I say, think are as physical as they need to be right now. The defense has been playing above caliber, but yesterday they just didn't do what they needed to do. And that goes to the offensive line as well. We know that's an issue for this team. They need to be tougher. They need to protect Trevor. And I think the wide receivers as well. Um, everybody, no one's exempt. The coaching as well. They need to figure out a way to toughen them up. And I don't know how you do that. If it's, if it's, if it's, I think it's within them, but is, is that something physical that needs to change? Is it a mentality for this team? Is in football, can it come down to just being not tough enough at points? I think to me, just to take a derivative of what you're saying is it's a mental toughness issue. You know, when you get into the third quarter and all right, you're, you know, now you're only down, uh, you know, 17, 10, you know, that's when you have to sharpen up. That's when every little detail matters and you can't have a five yard penalty that takes third and one to third and six. You can't have a drop pass. You can't have missed tackles. And they did not do a good job in key situations. In fact, the specific situation was on that seven yard run that set up the third down and three play. Uh, they had Damon Pierce at the goal line. They had him a yard behind and they let him squirt through for six yards on first down. You can't have that. 
That's where the toughness issue comes in. And you can go, well, that's physical toughness because the act of getting him on the ground. But it's also mental toughness and, and rallying to the ball and, and pulling, biting, scratching, whatever it takes to get that guy on the ground for a short game, not to set up that big, deep shot. Yeah, I, I didn't see – I thought the running early to me – showed more, quote, toughness on the offensive line maybe we'd seen. I always hesitate to question physical toughness because it's, you know, it's such a physical game right. that I think most guys are tough, and I think that's the I, – I go with more the – maybe it is mental toughness in the big moments, just that that inability to make the big play when it matters. Uh, it's what the league's about, and when you're – playing like they are right now, then you're not doing that in those moments. Well, we all know athletes, no matter the sport, right, mm-hmm. who in the biggest moment rise to the occasion. And that's that. not every athlete is that way. You need a couple of guys who are that way. Mm-hmm. And that's what this team needs to get to, that mentality of, oh, this is when it's tough? Well, let's go. This is what we're paid for, right? have to thrive in the moments when things are the yeah, hardest. All right. Stay with us. We'll preview the rest of this week coming up after the break. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out ZipChair.com to browse all customizable options. ZipChair is furniture for fans. I want to take a moment now to thank JEA's frontline teams for the critical services they provide to this community. Today, we'd like to recognize JEA's frontline team of the game winners and give a special shout out to JEA's commercial accounts team. I feel a little bit differently about how the Jags should address things this week. I think last week I was like, all right, watch the film, but move on quickly. I feel this week they really need to sit in it, marinate in it, feel what this is, and figure out how to fix it um, and start over because you can't just continue on the way things are going right now. I wish they had the plane ride today, right? Yeah. I mean, eight hours sitting on a plane with nothing to do, still within that 24-hour rule, right, because you want guys to let it go. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to let it go. I mean, I think they can talk about moving on as much as you want, but I, I think everybody individually is going to be questioning themselves to some degree, what can I do better? How do I do my job better this week? Yeah, I think Trevor sort of defined it in his post game. He went back to the theme a couple of times saying, you know, we're to the point where it's not okay. Mm-hmm. and. I think that was more of a message maybe to himself, maybe to everybody that, look, we keep talking about playing big in these moments. Um, at some point, you got to do it. Yeah. And it's, it's not okay to be the one guy out of the 11 who comes off the field and says, my bad. Yeah. You know, and that's sort of a juvenile way of saying it. But, you know, like, kind of, yeah. it's not, hey, we need all 11 now, guys. It's, we're one and two, and this wasn't good enough. Um, until they show they're not, this is what they are. So let's go to London. This is a different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we are heading to London later this week. This is certainly going to be a defining game, and it's up to them whether it's a defining moment that they turn around or a defining moment and they continue on this way. We'll go over things some more on Wednesday here on Jags AM. We'll see you then.